2: Hello and welcome to this extra, bonus, emergency, call it what you want episode of the Total Saints podcast. We're the weekly pod that goes to the heart of all things Southampton Football Club and that includes managerial changes. Just like last night, we're once again live streaming this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. If you're watching along, then please do leave your questions or comments as we go. I'm delighted to say that with as little interest in Monday night television as myself, a couple of the TSP chaps have joined me this evening. Glenda Lacour is still the creative mind behind the League One Minus Ten blog. And Jacob Townswell is still the dedicated Southampton FC reporter for The Athletic. Whilst we're going to get straight into this, I'm assuming we're calling it a Nathan Jones special. As always, I must first pass on our thanks to the fabulous global TSP patrons who underpin everything we do. A short intro tonight. This is episode 213A. Let's call it that of the Total Saints podcast.
3: Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen
2: to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints podcast. News broke at 10am this morning. Sadly, I think we have to say in part that Ralph Hasenhutl had been removed from his post as Saints manager after the 4-1 defeat to Newcastle on Sunday uh, Jacob, before we get going on to, to chat about uh, a gentleman that's seemingly waiting in the wings to take over, you went on the pod last night. So your brief reflections on Rouse time at Saints and the club's eventual decision to terminate his contract?
3: Yeah, I feel quite strongly on this. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to the, the games during lockdown, so the back end of the 2019-2020 season and overlapping into, into the next. And for me, as speaking from a fans, what have you? I think it gave purpose to what, what I was watching. I, I'd become a little bit disillusioned under Pellegrino, Puel, Mark Hughes, and having this man walking, basically shouldering, carrying all the burden of just Gallow's mistakes, being a one-man band in some ways, um... And being a guy that would go to toe-to-toe with any any club in the Premier League, Premier League, regardless of their quality, and bloody in their noses and winning games. And he was so passionate. Uh, I, I loved it. And he's probably one of my favourite, if not my favourite, ever Slampton manager. I know a lot more have been more successful than him or have been seen to be more successful than him. But what he did with that group of players, so technically lacking in quality, uh, and turn him into a team that Slampton fans could be proud of, uh, was quite unbelievable, to be honest with you. So it was. It is really sad to see him go. I've always been a big admirer of him, um, contrary to what some people think. Um, but it, I just felt, possibly in the last couple of months, it's 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 just come to an end end of the road. Really, um, there should be no blame on either part. It's it just happens, and when it comes to an end, things are going to end fractures um, and things like that. But it's really important to know and we'd never overlook what an achievement he's done. He's done an incredible job and he should look look back on it with fondness and should always be welcomed back by uh, supporters and the club, which I'm sure he will
2: yeah, well said, Jacob. And I, I think just to sort of finish on on Ralph, um, you know, I, I I know from my own personal experience, a bit like yourself, you know, had the opportunity to meet him and interview him a couple of times. You know, I'm not a professional journalist. I, I couldn't have asked any more of him in terms of being welcoming and treating me with respect and answering my questions like, you know, like a journalist almost. So I, I you know, I think certainly whilst the writing's been on the wall for a little while, I think um, you know it's it's absolutely uh, I think understandable to to still feel an element of sadness. I can see some comments already coming in. David Baker, thanks, Ralph. But it was. Was time and Philip Cook I feel bad for Ralph a good man and gave us some highs and during tough times with little investment he lost his way and his identity good luck to him but it's time for a change um Glenn let's move on as is often the case in football clubs rarely sack a manager these days unless they've got someone pretty much ready to go warmed up in the background um Nathan Jones currently at Luton Town appears to be that man according to most media outlets the deal's pretty much done and uh, announcement can be potentially expected over the next couple of days so What's your overall thoughts and reaction to the news of his impending arrival? Um,
1: well, f- first off, i say until this morning when his name came up, I didn't really know much about him at all. Um, done a bit of uh, reading up since then. Um, so I kind of know the headlines that, you know, good at Luton, bad at Stoke. Done well again once he's gone back to Luton. So it concerns me slightly on the face of it that he's only really been successful at, um, in one environment at one club. Um because, you know, Martin Simmons has always said that there was a, a list in the background for the day that um, that Ralph was to go, whenever that was. Um, so you, you'd like to think that this has been well thought out and well planned. And we as supporters, I think, are going to have to, you know, trust that the due diligence has been done and, and this, this guy will be able to hit the ground running because he has to. Mm. Um, because if he takes and it's a massive step up from the championship to the premier league um so he's got to do reasonably well in his first 10 games otherwise we are going to be in serious trouble um i don't know that that spans sort of now and the after the world cup mm. but um we you know we, we can't afford to have him 15 20 games acclimatizing because we'll be we'll be dead in the water before then so it's a, it's a, it's a big ask for him to come in and um and do the job the fact that he's not managed at the top level um in 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 England or in, in any other country mm. it's it's another it's another risk i guess if you look at you know wolves have just appointed a very um senior manager from spain and Lopetegui. you've um you know you you've had other other managers come in other like, um, emery at villa Mm -hmm. experience all over the place so we're again plowing our own furrow with regard to um you know we're trying to find a a gem in the rough or whatever the phrase is and um (laughs) and and that it works so uh it's you know it's going to be interesting i'm not saying we should have gone for a a big name Stephen gerrard was a big name that didn't work um but i i can't help but think if i'd had time to draw up a wish list i think I'd have I'd have hoped for someone who had a bit more experience in uh, at, at the at the top level. But mm. this is the route we're going down and um you know, we, we, we do have to trust the people, um
2: Martin Simmons, Rasmus Hankerson, that they um that they've got this right. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jacob, I I know it's hard when, you know, you've got to fit in both camps, you're a journalist, you've got to do your job, you've got to break the stories. I think, you know, I I saw some grumbles around the story last night that they were going to let Ralph go. I've seen some grumbles around breaking news today around Nathan Jones and things like that. So, you know, likewise, you're a Saints fan as well. So you you see it from our perspective. And I think it's important that, uh, you know, people listening, watching fans, etc, kind of uh, relate to that as well. So, Kind of tell us how your, your morning unfolded, how you kind of gone through this this process. And I suppose at <laughs> time of recording, it's Monday night, you know, what the current mm. situation is. And uh, again, you know, your overall thoughts on Saints moving for Nathan Jones.
3: Yeah, so we're all always well aware that the World Cup would be the ample time ideally for the club to make a change I, I think that was you know, that, that wasn't hidden it was the change wasn't going to be made anyway uh, but we I was, I was hearing before the, even the game started regardless of the result that will uh, it might be his last game so throughout the game you just keep contacts, messages and then when it's a 4-1 defeat, regardless of the XG and how well you, you to thought they played on the scoreline it's 4-1. So I thought the change would be accelerated then. Um, of course, you have the press conference afterwards, which I had to ask the first couple of questions and it was never nice, you know, asking a man if he's, does he think he's lost his job? It's not great. Mm. Um, but we had to run the story on him being going to be sacked. We weren't sure whether it would be, uh to tomorrow or today now or next week during the World Cup break. Um but we had to do it because if if I didn't then I wouldn't be a journalist, mm. especially if it's sitting on something that big. This morning I always had that inkling that it would be this morning even nine or ten o'clock. So uh yeah, have just been monitoring it from half six this morning till Couple the announcement went to <laughs> yeah, exactly, and then yeah, just being on the phone and uh, on the laptop all day and try, trying to try to find out what's the latest. And Nathan Jones got mentioned uh, about two about eight o'clock, half eight in the morning. And like you probably were, I was a little bit surprised, but um, mm. then you get your head around it and you start speaking to people, and a lot of people do think it's it's got a good move. So um, hopefully it works. And yeah, he's certainly passionate, man.
2: Yeah, I could see a few comments coming in, Ellie saying completely unexpected direction to go in. I don't think a single fan would have ever predicted our interest to be Nathan Jones. So I think that's kind of reiterating what you've just said yeah. there. And um, I, I saw a quote, and Glenn was just alluding to it there, Jacob, um, earlier on um, stating that Rasmus Ankersen had, very much behind the move for Nathan Jones that the club wanted a head coach who is capable of developing young talent and also be able to give Saints the momentum to survive in the Premier League. So, you know, we we know, as Glenn said, that they constantly analyse players, they constantly analyse coaches and managers and things like that. But the fact that they've moved so swiftly would indicate that this is absolutely the person that they believe is the right, you know, Sport Republic believe is the right person to take the team and the club forward.
3: Yeah, they've been monitoring, you
2: know, managers for so long even
3: like Glenn alluded to about what Martin Simmons said about keeping track of managers and you know we reported a month or so ago that they were maintaining relationships with managers so this has been long in the planning this is not just a off-the-cuff decision they've liked Nathan Jones they like what he stands for and you've got to trust Rasmus and Martin and you know whoever else is involved Matt Crocker for example these guys are highly intelligent football football men and they know Mm. what no. And they believe that Nathan Jones is the right man. They probably understand the fan uh, opinion and they see it as a risk, but they've got deeper convictions than that. So yeah, I, I see it as a risk, but the the profile of squad Salampton have got, I think it probably suits a character like Nathan Jones. It might not be the most entertaining, it might not be on the front foot, but to say they're a direct team, I think it's a little bit of nonsense because if you look at all the metrics, they're not They I think they're middle of the table for long balls completed or long balls attempted. So they basically do everything, but not one thing very, very well. They're very, uh, they're more of a well-rounded team,
2: Luton. So I think that will probably mm-hmm. suit Southampton and where they are at the moment. Yeah, Glenn, there's a, a lot of more experienced Premier League managers out there, as you quite rightly said. You know, I can mm-hmm. see Sean Dyche popping up in the comments and things like that as well. Um, you know, there'll be lots of fans that say, do you know what, I don't want Sean Dyche football. I don't want that sort of battering and direct football. You know, I want someone that can maybe bring a, a an element of uncertainty, you know, in terms of, teams won't know what to expect and that and and maybe that sort of approach of moving forward with a a sort of young vibrant I mean he's only 46 he's still fairly young I say that as a 41 year old I can say that Um, but uh, (laughs) are are you surprised you know that they've they've gone down the route of an Ethan Jones and not someone like a Sean Dyche or something like that Uh, no not not
1: surprised at all Um, when you look at the summer recruitment and the fact that it was young player after young player after young player coming in and you know at various points in the summer I was looking at the sort of makeup of the squad thinking we need to sign a couple of experienced boys here and then we sold Ori or Mayo so Mm -hmm. we were we were obviously (laughs) doubling down on that strategy of going for you know young unpolished you know players so so yeah so it shouldn't really surprise you that they've tried to do the same thing with the manager um personally I wouldn't have done it but it's it's not up to me that's um Mm that's the decision they make and they'll 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 stand or fall by it. Um, you know, I mean, from what I've read about Nathan Jones and his tactics, admittedly, this was an article about last season. Um, it, you know, it, it did say that there was there was quite a lot of hitting the striker early, which is the polite way of saying short dodge football. <laughs> um, you know, but it mentioned about pressing high and counterattacks from deep. Now, you know, a manager can have tactics at one particular club you don't know whether that's the way he wants to play, or that's what he settled on because that's the players he's got at that particular club. I mean, if you look at if you look at Saints now, we haven't really got a target man. Shay Adams does a half decent job of that, but we haven't really got a target man, and we haven't really got the pace to attack from deep. So, mm. if um, if the blueprint he used for Luton last year is what he's going to try and do with us. Um you you do wonder how that's gonna work. I mean when, when Ralph came in, he didn't bring in the, the high press Leipzig thing um yep. straight away because he you know he needed to um make sure the players bought into it and that they were capable of doing it. So uh it is it is gonna be interesting. Um hopefully we've got the um you know, we've we found the next Graham Potter who's loitering around in the yeah. um in the lower leagues and um you know, hopefully we found the, the next Graham Potter and, and not
2: the next Paul Starwick. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting to say that I mean I, just while you were talking there I was trying to think you know Eddie Howe Brendan Rodgers Graham Potter all managers that have doing well to a certain extent in the Premier League um, peaks and troughs obviously but have come up through yeah. you know kind of done their grounding and their, their sort of uh, early work in the Championship so it proves that it can be done if you've got that right sort of support and that structure and infrastructure behind you
1: uh, yeah it's it's um, it's just I'm not sure that with the club being where it is at the moment in terms of the first team that it's the right time to do it now. I mean, Brendan Rogers got promoted, didn't he, into the premier league with, Mm -hmm. with Swansea and then, and then moved on. So that's sort of like one example. So, um, so yeah, everyone's got to start somewhere. And, you know, I mean, you know, we talk about Graham Potter, he's been catapulted into the Chelsea job. Mm -hmm. You know, he's come from a a lower level, if you like at Brighton, And then he's gone into the, um, he's gone into the Chelsea job now managing a massive club. Um, that is a similar kind of appointment in a way. It, it's a it's a manager who's not been at that sort of level and now, he, now he's now he gone up a level. And yeah. and this will be the same for Nathan Jones. And we've just got to hope he uh, he swims rather than sinks.
2: Yeah. Jacob, um, you know, for every Saints fan that's saying he got Luton from 15th in League Two to the Championship playoffs in his first stint at the Hatters, others will say he got sacked from Stoke City after winning six games out of 38. <laughs> um, you know, some will indicate, as we just said, that he's a young British manager Arguably deserves a chance in the Premier League. Others will probably say it's not a very ambitious appointment. So mm. I think the key thing, probably, and I suppose the question here is, without even a a bib being issued and some ins- instructions shouted on the training ground, it's a bit naive, probably, to judge him either way at this time, isn't it?
3: It is, but I can completely see everyone's points of view because Nathan Jones might not be the most glamorous appointment, but it's on the you know on the, on a flip side of the coin is that he's. He deserves it, really. I know he had that spell at Stoke. But I think if you speak to a lot of people, there was a number of mitigating factors for that. Stoke were dysfunctional at the time, didn't really have any guidance. And you've got to remember now, he's come in probably solely as a head coach with a lot of support around him, you know, through Rasmus, through Matt Crocker, through Martin Simmons. So it's going to help um mm. important things to know is that he can he can speak Spanish so you'd like to think that a relationship with Ruben Seles will be uh, struck fairly quickly uh very personal with, with players a lot of players really like him uh Luton players like him and for a team that's been a little bit fractured recently uh you know with the manager that doesn't he's not the warmest I think that could mm. be refreshing um and he gives everything. He's, he only plays players who have total buy-in. So I think for the first couple of weeks, I think it's going to be a real shock to some of those players. Uh, mm. Having just a different voice, I think that's always good, having a different voice leading the group. And, you know, he, he, you see him knee sliding sometimes at Kenilworth Road. I, I would absolutely love to see that at St Mary. So <laughs> hopefully he can galvanise the group very very quickly. And, you know, Samson only has to go on one big run of form to stay up. And hopefully that can be soon. And, after the world cup even after um with nathan jones
2: yeah i think if we score two goals in a game we should all be doing knee slides really shouldn't we so yeah uh... <laughs> um, glenn look i mean jacob i think he did this last week actually i'm sure he's reading my notes here but uh, yeah i had you know obviously the squad we feel do need a bit of a refresh of energy and belief after the last few months i wrote down here a new voice etc so you know how do you think the players are going to react to this because they need to they they certainly
1: do and you you that's that's another risk of taking a manager from the lower league i mean i don't i don't think we've got the kind of players who are just going to not listen simply because he's not you know at this point a top manager mm. so i i you know i i don't think that'll be a problem um i mean with the transfer window coming up he's not going to attract players on on his name of the quality that we need like ronald Koeman did for example you know that that's that's not going to happen but um that's not what we're looking to do anyway you know the recruitment is is handled by um by other people it will be interesting to see um you know what happens in the transfer window i mean we all know we need a striker and probably another creative player um so it would have been interesting to see if he'd had if he'd had the last five games, <laughs> obviously you can't turn the clock back to see if he could have got more of a tune out of this squad. And I think that was that was the problem with 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 Ralph in the end. I think many people could possibly have the opinion that you know other managers could do better with this set of players mm. now. Mm. But um, you you would think that after the, I mean, we're, we're led to believe he's going to be in charge of the Liverpool game, which is obviously a bit of a free hit. <laughs> um, but the, um, the the games coming up after Christmas. Um, it will be interesting to see sort of like what he does. And then obviously we'll, we'll all be looking at new players coming in.
2: Mm. I can see uh, Sonny's here said he can bring Cameron Jerome with him, baller there's uh, an option uh, he's not as old as me isn't (laughs) he I can see a couple of other comments here, Mike Byers listening to radio today uh, Luton fan came on, uh, Nathan Jones likes working with youngsters so that's obviously important, Stuart Dunn, he's a good coach and has done uh, a really good job taking Luton from lead two obscurity to the championship playoffs on next to no budget, it's a big step up which is risky but I'm interested to see where it goes and then uh, Mansfield said uh, people moan about Potential long ball football but uh, the way we've been playing this season we've pretty much been playing that which I know you've spoken about several times uh, Jacob but look I mean you know if he does move to the south coast then he'll be leaving Luton I mean they're playing Tuesday night I think from what you were saying just before we came on air every chance that he's still going to be in charge of that game. But, you know, they're currently just outside the playoffs, 29 points from 19 games, including seven wins. They've only lost four times, which is the second lowest joint in the uh, the championship. So a lot of draws in there. But, uh, you know, I, I suppose the key thing for him, as we found out, and we've always spoken about before, that plan A, that plan B, that plan C, you know, that's part of working in the, the Premier League as a manager. You can't just play one style of football. He's mm. going to need to learn and adapt, as Glenn said, pretty quickly, because there's some big games coming mm. up just after Christmas.
3: I watched a lot of Luton last year um, covering Bournemouth and I remember going to Kenilworth Road and Luton won 3-2 against Bournemouth and Bournemouth have technically better players. Everyone knows that. Luton, probably one of the worst teams you look on paper in the championship but what I found is that I just sensed that he was adapting the game to suit the team he had. And I think that's a mark of a really good manager. You know, he knew Bournemouth were weak phys- physically in the air, so he didn't try and be technic- technically clever or pass on the floor. Kenner Road, nice and compact, not a very good pitch. He went long. And I'm interested to see what he does at St Mary's. I think at times he'll probably go long, but I don't think he'll be as staunch in his principles or as wedded to his principles that like Ralph was, because there was a time, wasn't it, where everyone said he did have a plan B. And you look this season, he changed formation four times in seven games. So he had yeah. plan C, D, E. Um, so I do think Nathan Jones will adapt, but the framework will be hard work, aggressive, yeah. and getting into team faces like he often gets into fourth official faces, which, again, I'm very interested to see
2: well we, we've spoken a lot haven't we over the years uh, about Saints being quite a, an honest club and you know maybe just being a bit too nice on the pitch and things like that and I'm not saying he needs to turn them into a, a bunch of money old gits and stuff like that but it's <laughs> it's again finding that balance Jacob between Saints you know sort of fighting their corner a little bit more maybe
3: yeah you remember Crystal Palace away that midweek a couple of years back where War Prowse and the rest of the players roughed up Wilfred Zahar, and I just thought that was Salampton getting you know being street street smart, street wise and being that horrible team and I think if Nathan Jones can do that, yeah, he, they're going to get points because a lot of these games this year, they've been very tight, haven't they? There's not been many goals in it and if mm-hmm. we're just a little bit more ruthless they make, made that foul on a counter attack and got that yellow card small things and small details like that you know, could be the difference between a Defeat, a draw, or oh, a draw and a win. And that could have mm-hmm. kept Ralph Halsner to win a job until the World Cup. So I do think they need those fine margins to go with them and being more aggressive will certainly do that.
2: Yeah. And just focusing on him, as we uh, say, Glenn, I mean, obviously, uh, age aside, I mean, he has managed well over 300 games in the Football League, you know, so he's got that experience. Um, He was also Championship Manager of the Season, I think, if my research, uh, which was hastily put together, is right 2021-22, last season. So he's got something about him that, you know, there's credentials there alongside the fact that he's obviously done well with the, you know, young developing teams.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not not like we're appointing someone here who's Come from absolutely nowhere, who's just been a League Two player or something like <laughs> that, and he's never managed a team in his life. I mean, you'd you'd like to th- you'd like to think, you know, with that experience that he's got, and with the relative success that he's had with with Luton, the and and probably the lessons that he learned at Stoke, because mm. you you do learn a lot when you, when things are rubbish, and you, you know, especially when there's loads of mitigating factors. So, so hopefully, all this has gone in to make a nice uh, rounded. Uh, managerial candidate for the job and yeah he comes in and uses all that and uh, and and does a good job but there are a lot of pieces that need to fall into place mm. for the, for this to be a success but um I, you know I, I feel like I feel like I'm being very negative about it um what I'm not trying to be I just that tends to be my personality a little bit i tend to see potential problems it's just a
2: bit we're, we're all a bit unsure aren't we i mean it's come yeah. out of total left field i think all of us you know I, I speak for myself i mean i was staggered when i saw jacob's tweet this morning i was like literally <laughs> no disrespect to nathan jones i was like, i can't believe that's the channel we're going down but as, as someone said yeah. earlier we have to trust trust rasmus we have to trust sport republic we have to give him a chance yeah
1: yeah indeed and uh yeah, and it's it's. I think we we all like to think that we know what we're talking about, and we all like to think that we could do better, or we know someone who could do better. I mean, so one of my mates said to me, "What about Ruud van Nistelroy?" And I thought, "Yeah, that would be fantastic." Well, <laughs> Cody, you know, with Gap, Gap- him as yeah, well. absolutely. <laughs> but, but that would have been like the Ronald Koeman appointment, and um, yeah. when unfortunately, or well, I think it's unfortunately, we're not that club. We're not that club anymore, so we're we're not going to be doing that that sort of thing. So. Yeah. The more I think about it, the, this is more of a an expected type of appointment. But yeah, I have to say, when I when I saw the name this morning, I, I was I was sort of quite staggered. But but then I didn't really know I didn't really know what I expected. We haven't changed manager for four years, and and bearing in mind the three we had before Ralph were all varying degrees of garbage. So <laughs> you know, so so hopefully we've got this one right.
2: Totally. I've got to say, though, the point that you made, uh, Jacob, about him speaking Spanish, I I obviously saw that he played in Spain. I mean, that's something that hadn't even crossed my mind. So, that link between him and Reuben Sellers will be really interesting. And, uh, yeah, um, I I was thinking earlier, you mentioned about that, Glenn, but I was thinking to myself, you know, we always used to talk about players, didn't we? Could they do it in Stoke on a cold Tuesday night? Well, we're going to find out tomorrow night if he can do it with Luton, aren't we, in Stoke on a cold Tuesday night? But uh, I saw Stuart said here Stoke haven't gone anywhere since he left. So, maybe it wasn't all down to him. So, that's an interesting point as well. But, uh, look, just to, to wrap up, because this is a bit of a shorter pod uh, hastily put together as we said to try in there uh, and I can see a few thank yous to, to us guys for doing it which is very much appreciated but Jacob look if things do go to plan then he's likely to be confirmed during the next sort of 48 to 72 hours and subject to confirmation I mean are we literally expecting to see him in the dugout at Liverpool or is it going to be that sort of I'll tell you what let's ease him in gently he's going to be in the stand watching that sort of type of scenario
3: that's a little bit unclear. Um, no one's from what I hear from his character, he likes to be that aggressive lead from the front. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the in the dugout getting amongst it. Um, and I think it's probably a perfect perfect type of game for him, isn't it? Because I know Glenn's alluded yeah. to it for a long time in terms of you know Liverpool. They have a lot of players going to the World Cup. So if Nathan Jones wants to be in there with his tracksuit on, getting in the officials <laughs> ear, yeah. Lianco <laughs> captain in the side and you know everyone lead following him uh, I think that'll be a uh, really entertaining watch I'm um, I'm going up on the coach for, with the fans for that game so um yeah nice. look forward to it and if anyone else is going uh, please get in touch because I'm looking for fan opinion for a piece so um yeah should be a really good game and hopefully Jones is in in the dugout for that one yeah,
1: yeah. and if, if he
2: doesn't win, I'm going to
1: completely write him off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be our our, our pod next weekend's going to be that you know the, the 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 bad start and all that sort of thing, isn't it? But uh, but Glenn, look, I mean, we we alluded to it um, earlier on, didn't we? Just to sort of wrap up. I mean, it's not necessarily about Liverpool. You know, he's then got six weeks World Cup. From what mm. I'm hearing, Jacob will know and can probably nod on the screen. But you know, it sounds like the Miami, Florida thing is is very much on the go. You know, he's going to have some time with uh, the players and get them ready for that sort of Christmas, New Year, January period. Which, as we said, you know, those are the games that are going to define our season so it's going to be a big opportunity for him now to come in and spend some time getting to know the players and trying to adapt and sort of uh, introduce his ideas yeah i mean at the most we're we're only going to have you know at most four players at the world cup
1: isn't it so yeah so he he gets the ideal opportunity to is it's it's like the lockdown period isn't it where we had that time to get ideas for Ralph in that case, to get his ideas across. And we, we came back and, and we hit the ground running. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what we need to do this time. So in many ways, it's an ideal time. Um, and the Liverpool game, if you like, makes it even more ideal because he gets to have a look at what he's got
2: mm-hmm.
1: to, you know, um, before the break. So, but I mean, whether a back backs to the wall performance against <laughs> against Liverpool or or get, getting pumped by Liverpool like we <laughs> normally do, um, is is going to be a great introduction. Um, I don't I don't really know, but uh, yeah. but no, I I mean, I kind of hope I kind of hope he does stick his head above the parapet straight away. And and the little bits that Jacob said about his character, I I think if it's if it's a possibility, I think he will do that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, if if it's down to him, I'm sure he would want to be in the um in the dugout uh, against Liverpool, and um, yeah, I mean, it, if nothing else, it gives him the experience of going up against, uh, you know, like him or like him or hate him, and I hate him. He's <laughs> um, he's one of the biggest and best managers in the Premier League, so yeah. you know, it's, it's, it 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 would be a good thing for him to be there on Saturday.
2: Indeed. Uh, I can see Mansfield uh, agreeing with you saying, uh, Jacob saying he's probably planning to build the team around Lianka as we speak. Uh, Sending <laughs> uh first seven games after Christmas, all against teams around us at the bottom. We'll know whether we're going down after that February the 12th. Let's hope we're a bit more optimistic than that. Um, Gary Gibbons, absolutely. Sport Republic have forked out £220 million on Saints and surely know their managerial stuff. And uh, I think probably just to end then, Jacob, um, I want to, you know, as I say, I have an element of respect for Ralph here because, you know, it's, it's still quite sore. But from your point of view as a journalist, obviously, it's the first change of Saints manager, you know, since you've been in your role. Is it exciting the sort of opportunity? And as I say, you know, to everyone listening, I mean this very respectfully towards Ralph. But is it exciting to sort of think there's a new manager coming in that you're going to have to, uh, you know, build a relationship with and get to know Yeah, definitely.
3: I think, you know, from the last four years being a fan and then, you know, asking him questions as a journalist the last couple of months, I've gotten to know Ralph, you know, very well in terms of his style, in terms of his personality. And, you know, he's such a fascinating character. And from what you see of Nathan Jones, he is too, you know, I'm sure it's going to come out, I'll be doing a big read on him. He's a devout Christian, he's got tattoos all over his body. He's, you know, there's a lot of interesting facts about him. So, even off the field, if we can just do articles or find out a little bit about his personality off it, I think that's really interesting. Um, it's it's not covering Southampton is never straightforward, is it? And it feels like I've been thrown in a deep end a little bit with the amount of changes that's been happening inside the club. But yeah, it's been it's been fantastic and. Hopefully, uh, Nathan Jones can can you know be even more entertaining. But at the same time, Arsenal has done an incredible job, and we should just you know forget about him now. He's uh, he can have that well-deserved rest, and hopefully, um, he, he can do he can carry on in management because I think it would be a poor place without him. Because I think his style of play and what he's been able to do at this club has been excellent. And if he had Sport Republics funds two years earlier, I, that's the where the regrets are for me. I think it would have been really really good. Yeah.
2: Well, if someone once said to me, uh, who uh, I won't name names, but uh, said that they were told that uh, reporting on Saints was boring. And I can guarantee having done a podcast <laughs> for five years is anything but boring. But uh, there we go. Well, if Nathan Jones does become Saints head coach, then obviously we'll wish him well. I think it's uh, clear we'll all be watching the social media channels and the uh, club websites with uh, varying degrees of anticipation over the next couple of days. Um, anyway, that's it for this week's extra episode. Thank you to... Uh, all of you for listening and watching as well as for all your comments. Hopefully we managed to get through uh, most of them. I can see a final one from Stuart said he could be the Welsh Strachan. So we'll have to wait and see if that happens. But uh, if you've enjoyed listening to this, then please be advised that you can find all previous TSP episodes via the main podcasting channels out there, Spotify, iTunes, Podfollow, etc. That includes TSP213, which was recorded Sunday night just gone and includes a preview of this week's Carabao Cup tie with Sheffield Wednesday and also a look ahead to Saturday's trip to Anfield, potentially with Nathan Jones now at the helm. So go give it a listen at the very least. Don't forget that you can also follow total saints podcast on facebook and twitter it's just at total saints pod a big thanks to glenn and jacob i know jacob's had a very busy day i'm sure glenn has as well so thanks to both of you for giving up half an hour to come and uh, chat to me we'll catch you again at 7:15 p.m uk time next sunday evening the 13th of november
0: on both facebook and youtube so until then catch you soon away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ